were in the, in the youth center about four and a half years ago um, because something was going on in here. I don't know what, carpet cleaning or a wedding or something. And so we were in the, in the youth center and we were praying and, and the Lord put something on my heart. And uh, what he put on my heart was I was ready to go somewhere like that day or tomorrow. And so I talked to Pastor Mark the next day and I said, hey, I'm ready to like go there now. And if you know me, I'm the let's go now. Like, it's not always the best quality of me, I admit. Like, hey, I want this, so I just go buy this. Not my best quality. Wife would agree. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's amening over here if you guys can't hear her. And so, so I, I was telling Pastor, you know, I, I want to go now. I'm like, I want to go tomorrow. I'd buy a ticket right now and go tomorrow. And he, he gave me some advice. Well, not really advice. He asked me some questions. And he says, well, do you know anybody there? I'm like, no, I don't know anybody there. I've never even, I don't even know anything about it. And he goes, well, just wait and be patient. Pray it out. Patience. <laughs> Again, it's like one of those things that how many of us have prayed for patience? None of us, because we know we get that. It's like, wouldn't it be awesome if we played for like a financial blessing and then it happened as fast as when we pray for, hey, God, I need patience. And, uh, and so, um, so he says this and he, he's saying, hey, I think you should just wait it out, give it some time, pray on it. And I'm like, no, let's go now. I've got a fire in me. I had to submit. You know, I have my own vacation time. I could have went on my own vacation time. And there's nothing he could have said about it. Because it's my vacation time. But I had to actually submit to my pastor if he's my pastor. So four and a half years. And I put it off my prayer list because the more I pray about it, the more I want to go. And so I'd stop praying about it. And I had to become quiet one time in, uh, uh, what do they call those, the steam room things? In a sauna. And uh, I had to be quiet. I had cucumbers on my eyes. I was laying down. I know, imagine it, man. In all my glory. And, uh, and so I'm in this sauna and, and, and I'm, I'm, you know, I can smell the cucumbers. I'm like, man, at least they're cold. But those became hot too, rather quickly. And I'm, I'm in there for maybe a couple, I don't know, three to five minutes and it's hot. Like I don't like hot and it's hot. And I'm like, I don't want to be in here anymore. I got 20 minutes of this. I can't be in here for 20 minutes of this. And I'm starting to torture myself. I don't even need anybody telling me I can't do it. And, uh, and I'm starting to now realize that my sweat is just like pouring down and it's like, I'm dripping sweat. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'm here and they're not coming back until the, they come back. And so I'm laying there. I'm like, well, God, what do you want to talk about? I ain't got nothing else to do. Just laying here, cucumbers on my eyes. Well, what do you want to do? What do you want to talk about? I can't pray about these places that, you, you know, because I want to go there. So I don't have that to pray for you about. What do you want to pray about? I'm not praying about the church. I'm on vacation. I'm not praying about the young adults. I'm on vacation. And I said, I've, full disclosure, I told the Lord when I went on the vacation, I said, I'm not praying for anybody at the church. I'm not praying for the church. I'm not, pray, I'm not praying anything about young adults, missions, nothing. This is me, my wife, and you, Lord. So I'll pray to you. We can have a conversation. I can pray for my wife. But this is not about the church. 
Everyone's like, pastor? <laughs> pastor, do you know pastors need their own time with the Lord too? You know, if we don't get our own time with the Lord, we don't have anything to give you. Oh man, I'm like really maturing right now in front of you. We're not cows. Stop sucking on us. Sorry, that analogy comes from Africa. In Africa, they have a lot of animal analogies. And I say that with a loving heart because as pastors, we want you to mature. Just as me raising my kids, I want them to mature and get out the house. Get married, get out the house. Let my wife and I have it. And then you have grandbabies and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, when do they stay in the night? It's God's evil, evil joke on us. And so I'm there in the sauna, and, and uh, the Lord shows up, man. Like, he showed up. I wanted to take the cucumbers off my eyes because I swear he was standing right beside, like, he was standing there. And he, oh, my gosh. I said, God, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to pray about? And he goes, I just want to be with you. And I started bawling. I was going through a little test, testing of this time and, and I just started bawling like, really, you just want to be with me? We don't have to talk about anything for me to do? And he goes, no, I just want to be with you. Our God loves us so much, he just wants to be with us. We didn't talk about anything. We just, I didn't ask for anything. I just laid there with anointed cucumbers on my eyes. <laughs> and he just stayed with me and we just stayed. And we probably stayed like that what seemed like forever, but it was only 20 minutes. It seemed like it was forever because I was sweating my, 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 my tail off. And, um, but it was 20 minutes, but it seemed like, honestly, it seemed like an hour. When you're in his presence, it seems you kind of lose track of time. And so um, kind of towards the end of it, I asked a question that I hadn't asked for a long time. And I hadn't stated for a long time. I said, God, I just want to be with you and do whatever you need. And he goes, I need, oh. and he answered me. And he goes, I need you to do this of what I once told you. I need you to put it back on your, in your prayers in your heart. And so I started praying about, about what he told me four and a half years ago and even before. And so I'm talking with pastor and, and our Africa mission trip gets canceled uh, during November because it um, just didn't seem like it should be right that we go and come to find out because there was a terrorist bombing threat in Kampala and churches that we, were, <laughs> that we go to. And uh, so listen to the Holy Spirit when he says, hey, it doesn't seem like you should go or book the tickets or book a hotel room. Like, I don't know why, we just can't go. And then you find out that four terrorists got arrested and there's many more out there with bomb making materials. Hey, you probably shouldn't go. And, um, and so... I, I'm talking with pastor, kind of getting wisdom and counsel that it's okay not to go. And he goes, hey, why don't you, and Jen, now that you're not going there, why don't you and Jen go see what this country has for you? I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, go check it out. You have time. That's the same pastor that in the beginning said, hey, be patient, don't go. I could have used my vacation time four and a half years early, I could have used it each year after as well. And now I have my pastor, my shepherd, 
saying, hey, why don't you go see? What'd you say? I can go? He's like, yeah. And so we go, and, uh, you know, we, we have this experience of, of what got prayed out after the Lord said, I need you to start praying about it. He ends up telling me something um, that I would meet a person there and who the person would be and, and, and what it was about. And so we went on a vacation. <laughs> a vacation was us walking whew, anywhere about eight and a half miles to 13 and something miles every day. Uh, it wasn't nice. And um, <laughs> I took extra shoes, Kate, because you got to. And they gave me a sore underneath my ankle bone. And I tried to get new shoes, but she's, my wife's like, you have shoes. Get the, wear the other ones. And, I'm like, um, and so we're walking, and I'm, I'm there to find one thing. I don't care about the food. I don't care about the whatever. I'm there to find the one thing. Shoes, somebody says. And uh, as time went on and time went on, we end up leaving uh, Mallorca. It's a little island off of, off of Spain, which is amazing. One of the coolest places ever. Amazing cinnamon rolls, uh, two a day. And, uh, you know, that's beside the point. And um, we go from there to Alicante. And uh, we spend a couple days down there. And, you know, we're, we're getting ready to leave one night early. You know, we're going to leave the next morning. And we go have at like 10, 11 o'clock at night. Spain's a very late country. Like they shut down for siestas. We should do this in America. It'd be amazing. They shut down for siestas from like 3.30 or something like that or 4 o'clock until like 7.30 or 8. And so you got to eat before and then you eat after. And then that means your dessert time for pastries and, and ice cream is like 11 at night. And so we went back out in the town to go grab uh, gelato. And um, we're in this gelato shop in, in southern Spain. And we're standing there and I hear this woman behind me speak English. And, you know, me hadn't been able to speak much to anybody because it's all Spanish down there and I'm just counting on my wife. And uh, I say, hey, where are y'all from? And the husband goes, Boise. <laughs> and I go, shut up. I mean, I, we probably shouldn't say shut up to people, but I go, shut up. And he goes, shut up. Like, he knew exactly what I, where I was from. And I go, no way. Like, Boise, Idaho? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, you? And I go, boy, I go, well, Meridian, but basically Boise. And so we end up meeting his family and awesome people. They were there for a month, uh, and, and, and they were having a great time. And, and we meet them, and they were looking for a church in Boise. They're like, do you have, I heard, I heard his wife, uh, Kelly or Ashley, Kelly, talk to my wife and I'm talking to the husband and, and I hear her ask Jen, hey, do you guys, do you happen to know of a good church? And I kind of giggled. <laughs> and, uh, and so Kat came out of the bag that we gave Life Church as a good church to go to and that I was a pastor here and, you know, probably a bias. Um, it's really not a bias. I wouldn't be a pastor if I didn't think it was a good church just so you guys, if you're a guest here, I wouldn't be here if I thought it was not a good church. I'd be like, peace out. Um, or I would never accept it. And so, um, so we meet them, and, and it's like, that's not who we came here to meet. Cool story, but that's not who we came here to meet. And so we drove from Alicante. In two days, we, we drove up 
to two little beach towns in uh, Valencia. Uh, Valencia's crazy, almost got in a wreck. And, um, and then drove up to Barcelona. And, and through, these, through these road trips, there happened to be a moment in time where either my mind or the devil goes, see, you were wrong, you didn't hear right. I had that split second to go, yeah, you're right. We've been down here for nine days and haven't even seen what you showed me in prayer and haven't met the person you said we would meet. And at that moment, I just, man, I looked out that window. I said, I know exactly how I hear God. I know I heard God. I know what I've seen. And I'll keep coming here until I die. Done. I mean, not a bad place to go either. I mean, if you have to. And so, so we, we continue with the trip and, and it's just, that's what we're doing. Well, the Tuesday before, Jen wanted, and we were told to go see this cathedral at some place called T -t -t Mount Thibodeau. It's like the tallest mountain in Barcelona, and they have an old cathedral there with a bronze statue of, of Jesus. And, uh, you know, after you see a couple cathedrals, you're just cathedraled. I'm cathedraled out. Maybe you're not. Maybe you'd be amazed and continue to be amazed. I'm kind of like, all right. I'm done. And we walked 13 miles today. I, I'm good. And so she says, do you want to go? And I'm like, no, I don't want to go. Why don't we just go check out Old Town and get some pastries and cappuccinos? <laughs> and uh, I miss the pastries. And so we don't. Well, then we come back up to Barcelona, and that's Friday. We're leaving Saturday. And uh, we're meeting my daughter and, and three of her friends that are in the young adults. And... Uh, we meet them, we go have lunch, more bread. And, uh, and, and then we, we had, I had told Jen, I said, yeah, we can go to that Mount Thibodeau place and, and check out that cathedral. I know you guys want to and what, you know, sure, it's the last day, why not? And so we go up there and, and we see this Catholic church and it's unreal. I mean, it is high, high. Um, all three of my young adults found out I have a fear of heights um, or control, one of the two. I don't like being in a car that somebody else is driving on a side of a mountain. It's terrifying, not comfortable, was breathing heavy. Um, no, I don't like that. And, um, and so they, they found that out. And um, so we get up to this cathedral, and it's cool. It's beautiful. We walk in. I almost uh, freak out. I almost had a Jesus flipping tables moment. I'm going to throw myself under the bus. Self-control was there. I didn't do it. Um, but I saw a painting on, in the inside of this church wall that showed like a painting of three people burning in hell. And then a box right in front of it with a slit so you could put money to buy people out of hell. So I had somebody next to me telling me about what Catholics believe because she grew up Catholic. And she's telling me this and I'm like, what? That's not what the Bible says. And I just kind of didn't realize I was talking so loud. <laughs> like loud. And all of a sudden this dude, I didn't know he was standing there. This, this white dude, bald head, found out he was American. He, he goes like this. If I'm, if I'm the pulpit, he goes like this. He goes, excuse me? And I'm like, uh-oh, I'm getting kicked out. 
like Jesus flipped tables and he didn't get kicked out. I'm getting kicked out of this Catholic church without a doubt. I'm going off. I'm wanting to almost go up to the, to the pulpit and start preaching to the people that are praying. Like, I'm not kidding. I almost went off. And, uh, and he, goes, he goes, did I hear you right? That's what that's for? I said, that's not what Jesus died for. That's not what the Bible teaches. You don't, you don't buy your way out of hell and into heaven. Jesus died. He resurrected. You got to accept. You got to confess him with your mouth and believe in your heart that you're saved. And he's just like, And I don't know what Josie was thinking. She was standing next to me. I, she probably ran. And, uh, and so, um, yeah, I was, I was all flabbergasted about it. And, you know, we need to pray for the lost and, and, you know, and love people. But man, oh, man, buy your way out of hell. And so, uh, yeah, wow. So that goes on. Well, then what I didn't know was, was there was an upstairs to the cathedral. Well, what... I go up there and there happened to be a priest right at the door and he goes, welcome, super nice guy. He's like, welcome, sir. And I say, hey, thanks. You know, I got to ask a question. I'm not Catholic. I'm super confused right now. And he goes, yeah, what's going on? I didn't ask about the box. <laughs> and uh, that was a worm. Yeah, that, that just would have been a wormhole. And so I said, hey, what's this auditorium sanctuary and what's the downstairs? And he goes, oh, the downstairs is the old one and this is the new one. And I go, What? They built it on top of each other, 200 years apart. And he goes, most of the old people still go to the bottom one because it's old. And then, you know, the younger people come up here. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. That's awesome. And uh, so we go up there and we're looking around. Well, off to the side of the room, there was some young people sitting down in this room and, and they had notes. The girls had notes to write on. And, and I don't think I saw guys writing anything because um, we use the girls' notes. And... Um, and so then there was a guy standing there, obviously talking to him. And um, one of the girls asked me, hey, do you think that's like the, the, the Catholics Bible students? And I was like, no, that's, no, they're not, no. I think they're Christian. You just kind of sense it, right? And, um, and so <laughs> next thing I know, this young man is outside of that room talking to my oldest single daughter. What's a dad supposed to do? Interrupt. <laughs> took a candelabra with me from the pulpit. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. I took a wedding ring, really. I'm like, come on. And, uh, and so, so we go over, I, you know, we introduce each other and so forth. And, and, uh, and I just tell him, I said, yeah, man, we're just here for vacation. My wife and I came and then my daughter and her friends came a week after. Uh, no, we just came to check out Spain. Oh, awesome, yada, yada. Well, we leave. We end up back in this room because I wanted to pray for him and didn't want to interrupt, but one of my young adults just walked right in the room. She was awesome. And I couldn't let her be by herself, so all the rest of us joined her. And, uh, and so we walk in, and we're, we now are all gathered like a family, like we've known each other forever. And uh, he says, I got to pray for you. And I said, well, I got to pray for you. And he goes, no, no, seriously, I'm going to pray for you first. I said, no, I'm going to pray for you first. This is why I came in the room. I got to pray for you and, and, your, and your interns. They were interns. And uh, he goes, well, I'm going to pray for you first. I said, okay. <laughs> and so he prays for me, and it's awesome and uh, amazing time. We pray for them. Awesome. People are, I mean, prophecies happening, and the, the Catholic priest is right at this door listening to this people are praying in tongues and prophecies coming out. It's awesome, man. Like, like God is coming down in Spain. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Pray for Spain. 
He's wanting to do a mighty work there with those young adults. And not just those young adults, but I mean young adults of that country. And, uh, whoo, that was unexpected. And so, allergies. And so, uh, the Lord had told me about two years ago, about two years ago, hey, you're going to meet a pastor over there. And this is what's going to happen. We went 12 days with every temptation for me to not believe what I, what I got told by the Lord. How many of us have been there? On the 12th day, we meet a Christian pastor of young adults in a Catholic church in the city and country, he told me. Would it have happened if I would have went four and a half years before out of submission to my pastor? Would it have happened if I would have, when I had that temptation, that fleeting little thought of, yeah, you're right, I probably missed it. Would I had seen that in manifestation? Now get this, we wanted to, Jen wanted to go the Tuesday before, I didn't want to go. This was their third day of their internship program. They are not scheduled to go to that Catholic church to have that teaching until week three. Hmm. I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, yesterday in prayer when I was praying for the students in the class, the Lord told me, hey, you need to go to Thibodeau tomorrow. I share that whole story, and I'm not going to share everything, but I share that story to say this. What have you given up on prayer because of time, length of time, doubts? You just didn't want to tough it out in the sauna, so to speak. It wasn't worth the sweat and the work. What have you given up on because you just didn't want to go further? What have you given up on because you're just lazy? We, I'm going to throw myself in, because we're just lazy. I believe everything in me is, is, is speaking about this tonight so that we can go further. So that somehow I can try to get into you going, wait, if, 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 if Bill did it, I can do it. And that's a true statement. I'm nothing special. I kid you not. Look, if it's golf or prayer, I'm really fighting to stay inside and pray because I really want to go golf. And if you look outside, I haven't golfed since Spain. But prior to that, it was two months before that, I would love to golf in some shorts right now. So I have things that distract me as well. But here's something that kind of keeps me in it. There are legitimately people dying and going to hell because I'm lazy. What if I don't go to Spain on that trip? What if I don't go to Africa? What if Pastor Mark didn't open up this church? See, this hits real close to home for me. What if Pastor Mark didn't open up this church? I don't know if my daughter would be healed from her sickness that she was born with that caused our life to be a living, living hell that made us sit there and think as my wife would pray and praying to God saying, God, just give it to me. Just take it off of my daughter and give it to me. That's not even scriptural. If it wasn't for Pastor Mark in this church, I don't know if we would actually be walking in the freedom that we walk in because we've been in other churches. 
But it was simply because he said yes. And it was simply because he said, I'll be bold enough that no matter what the community is saying, no matter what people are saying about healing, I'm going to continue to preach the gospel in which Paul preached. We're going to see heaven come to earth. But it takes us to sit there and make that drive of Spain, whatever your Spain is, and when you have the fleeting thought, oh, I probably missed it, shut, shut up. And tell yourself, shut up. Be violent with yourself. Shut up. I know I know the, the Lord's voice. I know how he shows me things in prayer. And I know I didn't miss it. I'll keep coming till I die. The devil doesn't want to hear that tenacity. He doesn't want to know that type of faith. See, because when you start speaking it, it's faith and he hates faith. He despises it. Do not give up. Do not give up. We shouldn't even allow the cancer societies to have that quote. Don't give up. Go further than you think you can go. When you get tired, keep going just a foot longer. Five minutes longer in prayer. Ten minutes longer in prayer. And before you know it, it's six hours and you don't even know, but you just changed the entire future for somebody, including yourself. Oh, we're worshiping. Oh, well, this song's kind of getting boring. Holy, 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 holy is the lamb. Holy is the lamb. Gosh, can we, uh, my gosh, Pastor Witt's missing it. Move to the next song. Holy is the lamb. She ain't missing it. You just don't have enough staying power. See, when we all come together in staying power and unity, the anointing rises. I, and I know this is true because like we've been in some prayer stuff with the pastors and we've had pastor like meetings and stuff. And um, we were in Spokane one time um, and we went to some pastor's thing in Spokane and we had a worship time in Spokane. Remember that at Rick's, Pastor Rick's house? Long time ago. Um, Yes, it was a long time ago. And, uh, but all the pastors and pastor's wives were worshiping in this living room of a home. Dude, the anointing was no joke, huh? Well, here's one reason it was no joke. You had about 20 or so, give or take, just pastors and wives. You know how long we can stay in it? A long time. A long time. We don't get bored of singing holy. I don't get bored when, when all of a sudden there's no words, there's just music. I don't get bored. Why? Here's one reason. Let me, let me help you with this. Because I can go to a place that I can imagine Jesus having to die on the cross for my stupidity. And falling at the cross just apologizing. God, I'm sorry you had to do this for me. He's not sorry, but I'm like, golly, man. Whew. We need to learn how to go further. We need to learn how to stay in it. And the thing, like, that's why you write down things he's told you. Write it down, make it clear, read it to yourself daily. We have scriptures up in the, in the, in the staff offices because we're, we're trying to remember more scriptures. Well, some of us are trying to remember. <laughs> Memory's not my greatest thing. But I say every day, I'm going to remember this verse. I'm going to remember this verse. I'm going to remember this verse. I'm going to put it behind Miss Amy's head when I tell her I can remember it. <laughs> I'm going to put it chopped up on her blinds and close her blinds the opposite way. Yes, I have cheated before in high school. And, uh, 
<laughs> line by line on the blinds. I'm going to close the blinds. Then she's going to open them and not see the testing. And um, <laughs> I'm joking. We need to learn how to stay in that staying power, in that anointing. Amen? Okay, here comes a little bit of the correction too that the Lord shared with me over there. And then we're going to go into worship. And when we go into worship, I want us to remember this. I want us to go into worship with this mindset and reality, not imagination, reality, that we get to actually go into the Father's arms and be loved. Like loved. You're loved. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how many times you've done it. His crucifixion, His resurrection, His redeeming power doesn't have an expiration date. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't, in fact, it doesn't even matter where your heart's at right now as long as you can open up and say, God, I just need you and I don't know how to do this. You know, if we look in the book of Job, he, 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 I'm paraphrasing, but God actually honored and loved Job. Do you know why? And it sounds crazy because Job was lighting God up. Lighting God up. Like, God, who are you? Why do you smite me? Your horror, what's this darkness that you put over me? I mean, he went at it with him. But you know who he wasn't saying that to? He wasn't saying it to the people. He was saying it to God. And God was like, I love you that you're coming to me, son. And then all the way, and that, happened, that started in chapter two, I think. Chapter two, verse four, maybe. And then all the way in chapter 38, God's like, uh -huh, Job, stand up. Who is this man that darkens my counsel? Stand up, you will answer me. And Job's like, about time. And here's a few things. God honored him because he was real with God. If you're offended, if you're hurt with God, if you're hurt because you've been hurt, God, why'd you do this to me? I don't understand it. I said yes to the ministry and this is what you do to me? How can that be love? But here's the important thing. Now... Shut up and listen for the response. You know what we don't do, because I hear people pray a lot. You know like when we're up here praying for you guys in a prayer line? You pastors better protect me. <laughs> if you don't do this, no, I ain't talking about you. If you do do this, I am talking about you and I'm trying to teach you without calling you out person by person. When we're praying for certain people, you know what some people do and we tell them, hey, stop, knock it off. Hey, Pastor Bill, why did you skip me? Because you wouldn't stop praying in tongues. Just shut up. You can't even hear what I'm praying for. You just stop working for it. You're working for it. It's already been done. Come up. When you receive something, just receive it. Like if I was sitting there trying to tell, <laughs> tell Justin, hey, you want my Bible? And he just kept on talking, kept on talking, kept on talking, kept on talking, kept on talking. Whew. Man, she can have it. Whew, glory to God. Some peace. Sometimes God has probably been trying to get you the answer. You just haven't stopped talking and praying. You just continue praying in tongues. And he's sitting there and he's like. And he's waiting for you to take a breath and you haven't taken a breath. And then you start coughing. He's like, no wonder you're coughing, man. I mean, when we were in Spain, we were walking up and down the streets, and I heard some girls talking, I think gossiping. 
they talk so fast it was nonstop. And I'm like, I wonder if that's how God feels when we just, God, what do you want from me? Shut up, shut up, what do you want, what do you want? Well, God, just tell me what you want. God, tell me what you want. God, would you just please tell me what you want? God, please tell me what you want. What do you want? God, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. And he's sitting there, he's like, man, I'd love to get off the throne right now, but God, just leave me alone. Just back up, you're spitting in my face. He's like, just stop. Everything's going to be, like when we sue the baby. Everything's going to be fine. And then the baby sues. No more chaos. Now there's rest and the baby's asleep. When we get our answer because there's no more chaos and we rest, we can actually do what he wants us to do. And so sometimes when worship gets to this place where, where some of us continue wanting to be led, we need to learn to sit. Lord, I love you. And we can worship ourselves. We don't have to have the, the worship team lead us. We can worship ourselves. You know, when we worship, there's no wrong words you can say. It's not a song. He's not wanting us to sing him a song. He wants us to worship him. You know, when, when I tell my wife I love her, she's not looking for it to be a perfect sentence, thank God. I mean, I send, I send her text messages sometimes, and I'm like, I actually did it today. <laughs> I'm going to tell myself. So I send her a text message today, and, and I'm just being me, and I'm like, man, I love you. And I thought, why do I put man? <laughs> like, I heard Miss Amy, she's like, that's not proper. And... Uh, <laughs> And so I went back and I deleted the man and I just sent her the thing that said, I love you. And I'm like, that was weird. But I would say, man, I love you, babe. And so it was, I caught myself being funny, dorky, but I can be. She's my wife. Leave me alone. Here's, here's what I want to um, encourage us on. There's some of us here that need to be reminded that sometimes there's a correction coming. And all of us come in with church clothes on, looking the right way. We put our face on and we say, God, I love you. God, I worship you. But you really don't because you're mad at him. He hasn't answered you. You don't understand why you're going through what you're going through. And he's sitting there going, you know, I see in your heart that you're confused with me and, and you're kind of mad. So now your, your worship's a lie. Oh, just trying to help us. Come to a place where you say, Lord, look, man, I don't know what's going on. I don't understand everything. I don't even understand how to worship you, but will you teach me? And then just listen. Just listen. Or watch the worship team. Watch Pastor, Pastor Mickey and talk to him and say, hey, man, your worship seems so real because he worships at his house. Not just his car drive, his house, early in the morning while you're sleeping. Or maybe you're not sleeping, maybe you're worshiping with him, just different location. Amen? We need to go further, but in order to go further, we actually need to stay in that place and know he will answer you. But be quiet. Learn to be quiet. Okay, next thing, husbands. Man, I feel like I should have all the wives leave. Men's breakfast is starting right now, Pastor Doug. 
If you a man, you should be coming to men's breakfast Saturday at 8.30. Men, come to breakfast at 8.30. It's starting right now. Here's an appetizer. Let it be a cinnamon roll. It might not taste so sweet in the beginning, but it will going down. You know, the Bible says um, that we should love our wives like Christ loved the church. Have you ever heard Christ say anything bad about the church? Have you, heard, have you ever heard Jesus come back to the church? I haven't, I haven't seen it in the book of Revelation where he, he ends up saying in Revelation, you know, I fell out of love with you. You know, church, you're just ugly. You ain't my type no more. I haven't read that in the book of Revelation. I don't think John ever said, hey, you know what the Holy Ghost told me Jesus and the Lord saying about uh, the church? He don't love us no more. We're supposed to, husbands, we're supposed to love our wives like Christ loved the church. Then why are you not loving her? Because you're selfish. See, I'm going to get in your face now because now I'm mad. And I'm not mad at you, I'm mad at the spirit that is driving you. And the spirit that is driving you has been your flesh and your laziness and your pride and your arrogance. I'm sorry, men, but sometimes men have to be men to one another and say, straighten up, knock it off. You're acting a fool. You were in love with this woman when you married her. Now knock it off. You need to be reminded? Well, I'm here to remind you tonight. Why? Because the church needs to stand up and take its place And it needs men to do that. And it needs healthy homes to do that. It needs daughters and sons to see dad love their mom like Christ loved the church. A covenant's not enough. God has a covenant with the church, but he still loves us. He loves us so much he sent his son to die for us. He loves us so much he's never spoken ill word about us, even when we've acted the worst we've ever been. And you sit there and say, oh, my wife's disrespecting me. Fool, you've been forgiven of all your sins. And you're saying that about the woman you gave a covenant with? Straighten up. It's time to stand up and say, wait, wait, wait. I'm supposed to act like Christ, but yet I don't love my wife? Knock it off. I'm sorry, but man, this is love. This right here is love. This is love because love's had enough. Love's had enough of praying for women. I don't know why this happens to me. We can be wherever. It doesn't even matter. We can be in Red Robin. We can be in Africa, an airplane ride. And I can walk by a woman and just be like, oh my gosh, they're hurting. We, when we were in Spain in that Catholic church, there's this little Spanish girl, little Spaniard. I, don't, I, I like saying Spaniard. There was this little Spaniard girl and she just continued to wait and continued to wait after praying for 15, 18 of these kids. And she comes up and it's all being translated and I'm just sitting there, I'm like, oh my gosh, she's hurting from men. Men have hurt her. Men have betrayed her. So I start praying for her. God healed her. But you know what's crazy is I'm like, can I give you a dad hug? Are you okay with that? And she's... She's crying because men in her life hurt her, betrayed her, didn't treat her right. And here, men, just so you know, the reason why is because all of those things I said earlier are true. You're prideful, you're arrogant, you're selfish. You care more about yourself than than the covenant. Oh no, I'm still with her because of the covenant. Full lies. 
I bet if we really got down to the root of the problem, it's a bunch of other stuff, salary, paycheck. <laughs> she won't take half. You've just forgotten the place. And the place is God, man. Look, we're all horrible people without him. Myself included. I'm not a good person without him. I can sit back and be like, you know, one of the reasons I know I'm saved is because I love people. <laughs> you know how I know I'm saved is because I, I, I bless people. But I'm not kidding you. Like, <laughs> I always sit back and I'm like, you know how I know I'm saved? Man, I give people money. <laughs> Otherwise, I just buy a bunch of more stuff. Just, I'm just telling it myself, I'm a real person. What you see is what you get. But I love God with everything that I am. And I keep getting better and better. And those, those rough edges are getting sanded off. But I've got to ask him, what do you want? I didn't know I was going to preach about this tonight. But this question got, this question got brought up in prayer on Tuesday for the pastor's meeting. Huh, Pastor Witt, I, I had to tell you. I said, I don't know. He's asking me what, what we want. And I had to sit there and just in silence for like 40 minutes, just standing there, sitting on this, in this couch. And I'm like, okay, Lord, what do you want? And just stay silent. Not, okay, Lord, what do you want? Okay, Lord, tell me what you want. <laughs> Lord, tell me what you want. What do you want from us, Lord? No. One question and stayed silent. And finally he told me and went right into a vein of prayer. And we went into a vein of prayer and then all of a sudden there was prophecy spoken over a couple pastors and, and because he stayed silent and got a response and did what he said. And so husbands, find the place again once, that you once had. And once you find the place with Jesus where true love flows from, you will love your wife again and cherish her like Christ loved the church. In fact, I would encourage you to do this. Start saying and start telling her again, oh, glory to God. And wives, know this. Yes, it hurts. Yes, you're hurt. I, I totally can see it like a dead flower. Like it's, how can I ever come back and love him? Because he's going to water you with love and affection. And, and I'm going to say this because I also do premaritals. Man, I'm not talking about sex. Maybe if, you, maybe if you stop thinking about sex and just treating her like a sex toy, you would actually have a better relationship. Sorry, we're all adults in here. I'm just being real how the Lord's just showing me. Stop it, men. Treat her like a, a flower. Treat her like Christ loved the church. Apologize. Say you were wrong. It's okay. She wants you to say it. She wants to be healed. You're the power of her healing. No, Christ is. Yeah. She's been forgiven of her sins, but brother, you hurt her. And so I want you to know you can do it. She can be that budding rose flower again, entire, entire rose bush. That flower can be revived. The petals can be new. Your love can be bright. So I want to encourage you as we come back into worship, and I don't know when we're going to end now. I almost say it this way, and, I, and I'm actually speaking Pastor Mark's heart. It's kind of up to you. We don't have a finish time tonight. But it's kind of up to you. There's times where Pastor Marcus said, he's like, you know, I've kind of waited on them to see where they'd want it to go. But they finished it. And so as we come back into worship team, as they come back up and we get ready to actually go, 
with a holy and a reverence, with a knowing you're allowed to be there. You're allowed to be there. I want us to go there and be like, God, how do I fix what I have broken? And I bet you it's a lot simpler of a fix than we think. Amen? Look, man, I, the reason I believe we're, we shared what we shared tonight is because he wants his church that he loves to go further. He wants people out there to look at all of our marriages and all of our relationships and be like, yo, I want that. Are you kidding me? I could have that if I, if I knew God. Yeah, and you can do it. We can do it. I don't know what Pastor, Pastor Doug's talking on Saturday at men's breakfast. I don't have a clue. But it's about, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it's about, you know, men being better. If it's not, then... <laughs> I mean, it's men. We need, we, we need to be... Uh... I think sometimes men can only hold men accountable. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but like sometimes, I, you know, my wife has said it. I've come home sometimes like, my gosh, you wouldn't believe what Pastor Wade told me. He said, da, da, da. I get it now. And Jen has been like. I go, what? And she goes, I told you that like two months ago. And I go, no, you didn't. She goes, I'm good with it. Just as long as you got it. <laughs> and I'm like, thanks, babe. So I don't know why that like a man can say something to us. And we're like, I've never heard that before. And you're going to go home Saturday and your wife's going to be like, I've said that. I've said that for five years. And you're like, baby, no, you didn't. In fact, don't say, baby, no, you didn't. Just at this point, learn from me and just say, I'm sorry. But just be glad I got it, babe. <laughs> so wanna, I, wanna, I want us to, to get into that place of worship that I'm, I'm encouraging us all to go. Saying, God, I want to go further with you. How do I do it? Amen. Be vulnerable to him. None of us is going to know what you're talking about. And he's not letting any of us know what he's telling you. It's just between you and the Lord. Amen? Let's worship our God because he loves us. We're his wives, man. We're his bride. Let's worship him tonight. This sounds super weird for us dudes. <laughs> but like, let's worship him tonight like husband and wife. Because we are. Amen. Let's stand and worship. Thanks for joining us for the message today. I trust it has been a blessing and a help to your life. You know, the most important thing we could ever do is to receive salvation, to receive eternal life. You know, Jesus died for our sins. He paid the price, and it's available to every single one of us. Would you like to pray today? Say it from your heart. Say it out loud. Dear God in heaven, I believe in you. I repent of my sins. I believe that Jesus died for me on the cross. He suffered in my place. He died so I could live. He was raised from the dead and he's alive today. I receive him now as my savior. I confess Jesus is Lord. Listen, friend, if you prayed that prayer with me today, congratulations, you're in, you're saved, you're right with God. I would love to hear from you so we can send you some additional material to help you in your walk and relationship with God. Please text the word SAVED to 
314-2660. Also, I'd like to invite you to join us for a live service this coming Sunday, and you are more than welcome to be here. Visit our website at lcboise.com for all of the current service times. Thanks again for joining us today. God bless you. Thank you.